Hello, 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 and welcome to Five Star Potential, the weekly football manager podcast brought to you by those at WeStream FM. Now, this week, I've got Teach. Say hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Marvellous. Mr. Dupe, say hello. Hello. Mr. Dave, as a party, hello. say hello. Oh, bloody hell, Dave. Let me finish first. Come on. <laughs> come on. And finally, we have Curve Dog. <laughs> oh, come on. This is not a thing. This is not a thing. Don't make this a thing. I've tried a new intro style and you both shat on it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna, rather than rocking into the team meeting straight away, we're going to have, a, have a, a reshuffle and go for some save updates. Uh, I think we're going to start off with Mr. Teach and a, a trip to Argentina is required. How's, yeah. how's things going? Yeah, it's going all right. To be honest, we're you know we're in season four now. We we had a really good uh, third place finish last year. Uh, Libertadores are on the horizon. We got a really good group. I'd love to tell you who was in it, but it escapes me already. Um, but uh, but we ha- we could have had much worse. Um, so we are just after Christmas. We're in the winter break at the moment. Currently sat fourth in the league, um, but Boca Juniors sixteen points clear of us. At the top, I've got eight points to third, ten points to second. So, um, but we expected this. We expected this. We've got some some great new players. We signed the young Regen Alvarez from Boca Juniors, who is fire, um, and uh, and we got uh, Vasquez as well, who we signed from River Plate. So, it's still it's still a struggle. You know, we finished third last season. We're in fourth now, and it all sounds like it's going hunky dory. You know, there's some there's some bad beats, there's some decent wins, but we're not we're not in full control. It's more just we we roll with the punches. Argentina, the Argentinian league's got so many great teams that I wouldn't go as far as saying have a chance of winning it every year because you know Boca and River are so strong, but there's still the likes of Racing and, and Newells and Velez and Independiente, Estudiantes. There's, there's so many teams up in that mix in the middle that it is a it's really tough going. We're not going to win the league this year. I don't know if we're going to win it next year, but either way, it's it's quite the journey. I'll say that much. I mean, the only takeaway I've got from that is I'm concerned that a man above 30 is using words like fire to describe players, mm. but we'll get over that. I was going to say lit, but that might have been a bit <laughs> I don't much. know if that's worse. <laughs> right, from, from one generation to the next, Mr. Dave Azapardi, how are things going in your save? Yeah, uh, still with Wolves at the moment. Now, I can say it because by the time the pod comes out, uh, the video will be out, but we did uh, win the playoff final. Um, so we, um, yeah, I didn't bottle it, everyone. Um, we won the playoffs, so we beat Hull in the end. Uh, it was a little bit annoying because we had such a strong start to the season. Um, I thought we'd probably win the league or at least get second, but a few rough patches in form and, and we sort of dropped into the playoffs. But um, things are going well. I'm still doing pre-season off camera, brought in some good players. So I'm hoping for a, a very strong Premier League season. I think the aim is to sort of push towards at least uh, mid-table uh, in the first season in the Premier League. Marvellous stuff. Mr. Dupe, how are things going all Forest Green? We're um, we're doing surprisingly well, to be honest. Uh, we, we had a nice little run. We, we were up to... Well, at one point, we were second in the league. We were 3-0 up against Leeds. With about twenty minutes to go, I'm on stream, like literally Kurt Dog tight round the head, singing "We're going up," and then we we draw free all. But we're going to gloss over that. We are currently sat in fourth, uh, still in the uh, FA Cup. I mean, everything's everything's absolutely perfect. Excellent. I mean, I'm disappointed about that Leeds lead result. I, I was expecting four three to be honest. I'm not going to lie, man. I bet you're not as disappointed as me, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Probably not. Uh, swiftly moving on to Kurt Dog. How is the Forest of Nottingham? Uh, yeah, it's been a relatively quiet week for me this week. Uh, just just had the sort of one stream, I think. So we've just progressed through pre-season. Uh, we're right up to the start of the Premier League. Uh, we're playing Crystal Palace on the opening day. And it's the preseason's been really good. We've we've made some good signings. We've strengthened in defence. Uh, we brought in Renocchia. We brought in Clavin from Liverpool. Alfie Mawson from Swansea. Uh, got rid of Mancien. Jack Hobbs has left the club of his own accord. I did try and keep him. Um, and we've kind of switched our system now. We're we're now sort of moved to a three four three or a three four one two um, formation, which in preseason has been really really good. We we played a lot of sort of morale boosting friendlies where you know you expect to put a cricket score past some of these teams uh, and we and we did just that uh, and then as we got closer to the season we've had a bit bit more of sort of stiffer tests against West Ham and Olympiacos and we've we've come out of those looking pretty good as well so the only pre-season game we actually lost was to our own under 23s uh, which was annoying <laughs> but yeah i'm 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 quietly optimistic we're we're predicted to finish obviously rock bottom of the table but uh, i think i think we'll give him you know we'll have a squeak of uh, of staying up this year excellent excellent uh, how's how's the relationship with Liam Bridcut? Uh, it, it's it's okay at the moment. It's tenable at the moment. It, tenable. Yeah. <laughs> you can tolerate each other. Yeah, you can just I, about standing within the same room. I'm not sure how much game time he's going to get this year, though. So it might it might that, that you know the tide might turn there, but we'll see. I can't wait for the rant. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, in my save uh, with my beloved Blackburn, uh, things have been going mixed. I think we started off the season really solid. Uh, went went on a 11 game unbeaten run that uh, was brought to an end with uh, I think Carabao Cup loss or even uh, Checker Trade Trophy loss I think it was so proper Mickey Mouse stuff um, the highlights although losing we managed to score five at Old Trafford away that's just bonkers uh, it, that was in the Carabao Cup we, we're knocked out of that now but we were five nil down at half time brought it back and they uh nicked the last one towards the death so we were really unfortunate to to go out on that sort of level of performance Lise Mousset is an absolute revelation revelation he's been absolutely fantastic and uh, our form now is sort of picked back up we had a few dodgy dodgy ones but we've uh, had a fantastic win uh, on the last stream to really bring things back up to to uh, to code I think we'll say there How's your uh, how's your Eddie and Ketcher going on? Because I know Dupes obviously in love with the man. He's been he's been not great, uh, oh, very well. inconsistent. Um, not what I was expecting because I've seen how well he's done for Dupe. Um, and maybe it's that he's a league above where, well, obviously Dupe brought him in at League Two, and so I think maybe League One sort of in the first season might be a bit of a stretch for him. Uh, it seems to be super 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 inconsistent. I blame the manager. Oh, you would, you would. Anyway, that's enough of the save updates. Uh, right, team meeting time. So we've got a, quite an open book for this one this week. And that is, how do we pursue a transfer target? Now, this is entirely born of uh, a, a real-life situation that Teach is currently going through. So I'm going to let the main man lead with this one, if he doesn't mind. Well, you say currently going through, but I think it's... I think the ship has sailed. Ezekiel Barco will be staying at Flamengo. And I say that because in the last stream, my relentless pursuit, liking very much to my pursuit of Penaranda last year with Burnley, 
Um, this time, he's being held up by fucking football agents. Um, and I say I say that because um, we've done the right thing, and and anyone who's watched the stream or at any point, beat this year or last year, knows the way I'll. Generally speaking, first things first, I'll uh, scout until full knowledge, try and get an idea whether they've got any interest in the club. And if they don't, I'll then try my best to unsettle by getting top player to promote to the press or um, uh, and get to the point where I, as a manager, personally go and watch them play a game. So I went and watched Ezekiel Barco play six or seven times, uh, attended his games at Flamengo. And... Um, we finally got him on board and, and extremely interested in in the move to the club, which is, you know, that's the whole part and parcel of it. I remember Curtie last year, or was it earlier this season, he had, his, he had his Chelsea save and he was trying to buy Trent Alexander-Arnold from Liverpool. I was in the stream at the time and I said, you know, could you get, get your, your top player to, to mention it to the press? Um, and he got Eden Hazard to promote the club to Alexander-Arnold and, um, and it was... What what was the figure in the end, Curtin, in which you could buy him? So basically, I, I originally approached Liverpool. Um, he was obviously unlisted at the time. I approached them, and they wanted about 140 million for him. So I kind of pursued this and pursued this and tried to unsettle him myself. Um, and I think he wanted the move. So what tipped it over the edge, though, was uh, you obviously suggesting send Hazard to go and to go and uh, speak to or promote him, promote the club to the press. And uh, and then after that, he put in the transfer request, and I ended up getting him for ten and a half million, which is startling. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really really good sort of tactic, dare I say, to try and pursue a player. So anyway, I did all this, and and we got Barco like extremely interested in the move. And although we knew it was going to bust our budget, you know, and I know five million quid doesn't sound a lot, but for where I'm operating at the level I'm at, it's a, it's a decent amount of money. Uh, we got the we got the club to agree the fee. And then for the second time, because this happened in the summer as well, um, the agent is just really, really pushing for money um, to the point where I can get him to agree to wages, but the fees that the agent wants and the player wants are just far too much. And even though he's extremely interested, he's not... I was hoping that maybe the mechanic of the game would get the player to grab his agent by the you know by the scruff of the neck and say, hang on, I want this move. You're fired. I'll move on, get a new agent. But of course, now every time I try going back in, he doesn't want to discuss with me, even though he's extremely interested in the move. Um, so for now, uh, Barco is done and dusted. It's my own fault. We all have that that moment where a player comes to you for a contract and you can click the button to say, look, get rid of your agent. So then I've used that quite heavily this year and I'm now beginning to think that I've probably, you know, certainly put a very, very thick wedge between myself and a number of the agents in, in Argentina. So I'm paying the price. Ultimately this year, I think probably the better move would just be uh, to walk away. What I've started doing now when a player comes from here for a contract, more so when they don't deserve it and you know they've got a couple of years running, I now walk away from the agent saying, look, I'm not interested, he's not getting a deal yet, and then send a highly influential player to speak to the player and obviously he doesn't want a new contract if it doesn't work and you've got to speak to the player again anyway all I do is say look you've got more than enough time remaining on your deal you're not due a contract yet and everybody's happy so um, so yeah as I say probably an issue of mine this year is football agents but I, I think I've brought it on myself if I'm brutally honest 
So yeah, Toby, um, last year, I think you did a similar sort of thing with, uh, was it Dybala for Manchester United as well? Yes. Where, yeah, I think you more or less did the same sort of thing. You know when you send a, an influential player to talk to the press, how do you go about that? Do you have to interact with that player or... So if you, yeah. if you right click on, on, on your, I mean, it's easier now, I suppose. And I mean, it's yeah. not easier than last year, but it's a little bit easier than last year. And the fact that you go to your dynamic screen, go to the top of the tree, pick one of the highly influential players, preferably someone who plays maybe international football or basically the guy you know is the top of your team. And if you go down to speak about, if you know, right click him and go down to speak about, it will be yeah. uh, promote club to top target. And that's all oh, he does. Okay. And then he goes away and then you get a little, a little uh, news item come up. And you can generally gauge the response. Now, it doesn't always work. For a start, said target's got to respect said player. You know, and they might not do, they might not like it. The biggest thing for me is if I'm pursuing, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple, if I was um, pursuing Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid, go to Real Madrid, go to their schedule, and where on their schedule it says that they'll be playing Barcelona or Atletico or whoever it may be, click the V, and the V turns into attend. So long as you're not in a game that day, you can attend any football match that you've got in your, you know, in your database, as long as you've got the leagues loaded. So like with Barco, just went to Flamengo and just went up to their schedule and was just clicking attend on all those fix all their fixtures and any ones that didn't clash with mine. When that game day comes, you appear at the game. By nature of the fact that you've uh, promoted uh, you've made this guy a top target, you've already spoken to the press and you've had a player promote him, uh, sorry, promote the club to him, uh, the game knows that you're there watching that player. One thing I will say is you never know who's going to start a game. So I remember being at a game for Barco. He didn't even start on the bench. And it came out in the press afterwards, you know, Fernando Redondo of Argentina's juniors in the crowd here tonight. No one really knows why. Um, so, uh, But you can leave the game anyway. You can click the home button, leave match when you realise he's not getting a game. So uh, it's easy done. One can only assume it doesn't actually matter how long you're at the game for, Teach. If you're there just to appear, you know. Uh, well, I <clears throat> I don't know about jumping early. I don't know whether that helps you. But there's one thing for sure. If you don't have the time or, or the want or the will to watch the game, now and again, I'll just knock it down to commentary only. Speed it up so the game goes nice and fast. Um, because especially with someone like Barco and the, the calibre of player he is compared to the calibre of club we are, I wasn't there to see whether he he, got, he had himself a great game. I was just there to butter him up. Nothing more, nothing less. So my question was going to be, obviously, like you're, this is sort of a very personal way of pursuing a player, Tobes. But what I was wondering is if anyone has used like the uh, director of football or you know someone else within the club to do the pursuing on your behalf, whether it be the chief scout or like so the director of football or anything like that, because it's a it's a feature I've not really used. I mean, I predominantly play in lower league anyway, so it's it's something I like. I say I've not used at all myself, and when I have used it sparingly, it hasn't really yielded too many good results because they cost a lot of in terms of wage, and I've had to spend that elsewhere. Yeah, I've used the director of football thing before. Sometimes just when I'm lacking maybe a little bit of inspiration when actually trying to find a player. I think it's if you go into the scouting thing, top left, it says director of football. You can uh, hover over that and it says suggest transfer targets. You could actually put like a position and role and like straight away he comes back with three targets that you can maybe have a look at. So normally, um, I think I've done it once or twice, maybe it's deadline day and I sort of want like a quick replacement for someone or it just gives you some players to look at and, and scout as well. 
Um, I've also used him to obviously you can right click and add as transfer target and he sort of does the dealings for you. Um, I have done that on one or two occasions, probably not in recent years. I, I tend to do it a lot more now because I've seen director of football or directors or whatnot give some ridiculous fees and ridiculous contracts out. So I try and tend to do it all uh, on, on my own back now. But if I am ever in need of a bit of inspiration or like a, a desperate attempt to actually try and find a player, I do use that director of football suggest transfer targets option as well. I mean, playing football manager... You know, I, I think I dare say, certainly for me and, and, and most people, building your squad is out and out, like, one of the nicest parts of it. You know, tracking down players. I don't know why anyone would want to give that up. And in the past, when I when I have done, it's always been that my director of football is trying to buy lesser calibre players for more money than I would spend. And, you know, honestly, Buddha, we don't need this six right back in the squad. You know, we've got another five already. Um, we don't need that. We don't need that lad who falls behind everybody else. So I can honestly say, if I have gone to director of football for anything, um, it's always been quickly, yeah, we're not doing that, son. We'll uh, we'll move on. The only time I've ever used it, and it's actually this year on, on the far screen save, is end of season, sorry, start of season two, uh, we've got no funds in the bank, no funds in the wages. We've got no money at all, but I need a right back. Desperate for a right back. Couldn't find a right back on loan. And then my scout finds this right back um, from South End called, uh, I think it was Lee Pelter. And he was valued at six, uh, 36k. They said they'd take 36k, but we haven't got 36k. So um, I offered it to the, the my director of football, made him a transfer target, to which he brought the player in on a very good wage for the club. And yet, my funds didn't go down. I, I don't I don't know whether it was a, a slight glitch or whether he found money in the car park. I don't know. But that's the only time I've used it and I didn't know that's what would happen. So maybe as a lower league club, we might use it in the future. See, that was that was more of the feature I was sort of touching on is when you're you're assigning players as as transfer targets and 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 seeing if they actually bring them in. I've not seen them actually bring in a, a, a transfer target successfully, particularly similar to your situation, Deep. If you're looking for someone who's either more expensive than you can really afford, or um, when you get the option if they're too expensive, but it suggests that the, that player might be an important transfer for the club, and then it goes ahead and does the transfer for you, or at, at least you can approach the board to do it for you. Um, so that was one of the other features I was mentioning. Also, you've got the the opposite of buying, where you can actually get them to sell players on your behalf. But either of those has, haven't seemed to work for me. Yeah, I was about to say that the selling feature is absolute dire. I've been trying to do it throughout the whole of preseason for Wolves. Just quickly, just putting them on the unwanted list, just to see if he could sort of ship out these players a little bit quicker than I can. And every time it fails, I don't get any offers for the players. Um, and even with the development ones, I mean, I, I put all of these younger players on the development list and I think surely he'll find a, a club that maybe two or three of these players can go out on loan. I get absolutely no offers. You go back on the development list, it just says failed, failed, failed. Um, so I it's almost as if the game's saying, mate, do it manually instead of wasting your time doing it with this little tool that we've got here. Yeah, interact with the board's an interesting one. I've, it's something I've not clicked for a long time. I think a couple of three games ago, it failed <clears throat> a couple of times. You know, it never really did the thing. Uh, but I think it was last year or the year before, I think I was having a big clear out in one of my saves. And um, getting getting your director of football to sell a player, 
Mine couldn't even fucking give them away for zero, for no money. I couldn't not... It's, you, know, if it's, you know when you've got that player at your club and you're like, do you know what? I'm not interested in any money that can <laughs> come back in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> but do you know when you're not bothered about... I'm not, I'll just write him off. I'll write off his value. I just want to get rid of his wage. He's got no use to me. I'm never going to play him. I'll get my director of football. And you do that. You, you start, you know, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, well, if we can get him for value, we'll... we'll well, I'd be well happy with that. You know, three days later, no one's interested. Okay, well, half value, no one's interested. Okay, any value, no one's interested. Like, just, just give him away. No, can't give him away. Uh, and that's always been my. Problem. I mean, that's a that's. A, I've, I've said we've discussed this. I think before about uh, trying to sell players and never really being able to get anything out of uh, out of the market on FM when it comes to selling players. Well, there's one thing for sure: director of football will not help you with that. I had a very similar issue this year um with Keanu Marsh Brown brilliant player lovely guy and he just didn't like me so I said right we're just going to get rid of you if you don't you know if you don't like my managerial way I'm going to do it I'm just going to let somebody else deal with it so I gave it to my director of football I said sell this guy again couldn't get rid of him love nor money but what he did do is he sold him for 8k when the player was worth nearly 100 and then he included in the clauses that the, the selling club would contribute to the wage. 2.9k a week. We paid him £3,200 a week. So we've literally given him away for nothing and then we're paying majority of his wage. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's, it was a bit pants. See, I've had a, a bit of an odd experience, similar to that, but different, where I've not been able to get rid of Danny Graham. He's not wanting to... Well, I've not been able to force him out of the club by just offering him out. No one is interested in him. So I've then you then get the option to speak to the player and get them to basically engineer a move for themselves. I've managed to convince him that that's what he should be doing at this late stage of his career and the fact that he's absolute tripe. Um, and he said, yeah, that's fine, I'll make a move. And then it never happens. I've had that happen with two separate players. Both him and Peter Whittingham have both basically arranged or said they're going to go and arrange a transfer and then I hear nothing. You don't even get a news item to say that they're working out a move or anything. It just goes completely silent. And then you go and check and then it's uh, that option's still available. So I don't know if that's a bug or just the fact that they're, they're lazy, lazy assholes and can't bother to engineer themselves. Maybe they would rather sit on the, the 5 and £12,000 in League One, I'll add, uh, to just you know rot in the under-23s. The worst thing about that is I've had players that um, have come to me and I've said, look, to be honest, I don't really want you around the club. And they're like, fine, okay, I'll, I'll leave for the better of my career. No one wants them. You try and sell them, no one wants them. And at this point, you're now promising them. You've 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 promised them that you're going to sell them. Um, so no one wants them. So you say to them, look, guys, help yourselves here. You know, get yourself a move. And uh, and you know, surprise, surprise, no one comes in for them. But and then all of a sudden, you've broken a promise to your player. Like it is infuriating. But I've got a similar situation with Jamie Ward uh, at Forest. Basically, he he doesn't really like being at the club. He's unhappy. He moans about training all the time. I tell him, like I've listed him. I tell him to try and get a move for himself, and he's like, "No, I'm quite happy to see out my contract, boss." It's like, what am I meant to do with you, you absolute moron? And to to fire him would cost me half a million quid. Yeah, I was coming in with pretty much the same thing. Oh, boss, I uh, I would like to go on loan to uh, to further develop my uh, my my you know get some first team football, boss. Yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll get you a loan. Oh, look, nobody wants you. 
oh, but boss, you said you'd get me a loan. It is a nightmare. I mean, I understand them pushing, and then by them I mean SI, pushing dynamics this year, create more conversations between you and players and all the rest of it. But like, it is much easier for me to use what I class as the most overpowered feature of this game in getting an influential player to step in on my behalf rather than getting into a conversation about a player who wants to go out on loan who nobody fucking wants. He's not good enough to play anywhere. And then for him to come back and moan at me, now granted, I've never, touch wood, I've, not, I've never had the dressing room turn on me. I've always been quite well uh, in this game and previous games about managing the morale of players. But it has the ability to have players turn on you when you've done all you can to assist him in the issue that he had. So yeah, a little bit farcical. Definitely agree, hundred percent. It's it's infuriating when they're they're happy enough to to moan at other players and then get them involved as well. You have to hold a team meeting and say, well, look, I wanted to let him go, but nobody wanted to come in for him. It it is very very annoying, and it's happened to me twice on this save at the moment. Look, the, the teachers touched on something quite interesting there, and I don't know if it's actually a thing or not, but the way he tends to pursue players. Do you think that might... I don't know if you've actually been able to sign someone that you've properly pursued like you like you had been with Barco, and so it might be something that we have to sort of wait for an answer on. Um, but when you pursue a player like that, where you're basically trying to, to coax them round to joining your club, does that have an impact on the social group that they'll join when they, they sign for the club eventually? Do you think that that would have an impact or does have an impact? Probably not. Um, I mean, the, the, it's a tried and t- uh, tested method. I mean, I've done it a couple of times in last year's game. I dare say, had the agent not absolutely hated me, I would have managed to sign Barco in these one of these last two windows. Um, but I think the social groups, and I could be wrong here, but I think the social groups are mainly based around you know playing contra. I think. Um, I don't know how anybody else feels about that. See, we're tangenting off here into social groups. But for me, I could be wrong because I look at my social groups and they are fundamentally, there's the main one, Argentinian. There's the other one, anyone who's not Argentinian. You know, and that's pretty much the way my social groups are at the moment. I'm sure given over time that players who who are sort of in the second group will move up because they spent a lot of time with the players. But I would be surprised to see that a pursued player's social group would be different because he was heavily pursued by, uh, you know, by the manager, I think. You see, I um, the bulk of my squad at Forest is English, bar of, you know, sort of a handful of players. But no matter who I scout, and um, nothing, no, no one springs to mind, but no matter who I scout, and when, when the scout report comes back, they nearly always say that X, you know, player X is going to be a peripheral figure at the squad. In the squad, um, so I don't know whether they they start as that peripheral figure and they start and then depending on the the type of player, it depends how quickly they move up that ladder. Um, but for me, it, they always it always says they'll start they'll be a peripheral figure. Yeah, I mean, if if there were obviously if there was a lot of uh, pushing to get this player in the and so on, I don't think it would. Well, I can't imagine it affect his sort of squad status and, and stuff like that within the squad too much. But I had a similar thing when, when starting FM and when they sort of 
dynamics thing came to light, I thought, well, with the Wolves thing, surely you're going to have Group A is going to be all the Portuguese boys and Group B is going to be sort of everyone else. But it's actually weird because on mine, they're all split. There was a little bit of the season where everyone was in one massive group. Then it split a little bit where some Portuguese players were in one and then half the other Portuguese players were in the other one. Um, but now I think at the start of the Premier League season, there's like four groups. One with most players that have been there since the start of the se- uh, start of the first season. The second one, again, with other players that speak Portuguese. Not Not all of them. The third one, which is like three or four new players, and then there's one player just on his own because obviously he's just not played enough, I don't think. Because I think the more they play as well, the more they sort of almost gain, in quotation marks, chemistry with, with the other players. Yeah, I think a lot of it, personality helps with the groups as well. You know, driven, balanced, fairly determined and and all the rest of it. But what I do find interesting, sorry, tangent inbound, is, um, the, you know, the highly influential players? They are. Has anyone here got any less than three because I seem to have three at any given time. And it is three who get played most games. You know, So basically, if you want to tear someone off the top of that ladder, stop playing them, which I find very interesting. You know, Rather than it being someone with, with a massive personality of you know, great leadership skills, it just literally seems to be the algorithm of he's played a lot of minutes for you, so he's at the top of the ladder. So okay, we've 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 sort of gone on to dynamics here a little bit. So I'll I'll have my little rant. So basically, uh, I had player Eric Lehigh, who is a team leader and has been a team leader since I've been at Nottingham Forest, um, and yet he moves between the core social group, the secondary core social group, and he's even been in the third one. So it's like, are you just fall? Are you constantly falling out with players? Sounds is like something he's sleeping around. Well, it's weird, isn't it? It's really weird. And like I've got like Liam Bridcut, for example, he's a team leader, and I know Teach, you've had a lot of success with the um, asking your player to step in. Now, whenever a player comes to me about a contract or anything, it always gives me the option to ask Liam Bridcut to step in, and that prick never does <laughs> fucking anything. He's the most frustrating knobhead in my squad. Like he just doesn't want to talk to anyone. He's got no interest in it at all. I've like for you, it's been quite op. I know, but for me, it's the complete opposite. I swear. You'd have yeah. no place in my team, that lad. Get him out. <laughs> I agree. I've never had you know that that option. It never worked for me either. I don't know why, but um, obviously throughout the season, uh, I'd use it. But now coming into a new season, I haven't got any team leaders because the only team leader when I started was. I think I might have had Carla Kimi, who doesn't play for medical uh, reasons, and Connor Cody, who rarely played, so he's dropped now to like a highly influential. So I don't know if this is a question we can ask people, or, what, or do you think it is almost essential to have at least one team leader in the, in the hierarchy? Because at the moment, I mean, in the transfer window, I'm shopping around for someone that's got good leadership skills because I haven't got anyone as a team leader at the moment. And I don't know if it, I should be a little bit concerned going into a new season with it. Not to uh, go on another tangent, I promise, but to kind of wrap up a little bit back to where we were going, and and we mentioned it at the start, well, Teach mentioned it about agents, and I feel that we may have let them off a little bit. I think that it doesn't matter how hard you can pursue a player, I think the the agents can really, really screw it up. And I've had that issue multiple times, including one that was wanted to be paid more than my uh, the player in League One, on his signing on fee, oh, sorry, on his agent fee, more than the signing on fee and the player's contract was worth. So um, I just feel surely, 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 teach in the corner has got more to rant about than agent uh, on agents than that. I'm in Argentina. 
every agent wants more money than the signing on fee. Period. It is. It is. I dare say corrupt to some degree. I dare say corrupt. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, Do you just give not... in? Well, I always try and tab it down as far as I can go. If it's a player that I really, really want, you know, the minute it goes orange, and I sit there and I'm like, either I do this deal now because I want the lad, or I press it that little bit further because I don't agree with paying agent said money. And I take that on a case-by-case basis. I've just bought a young Uruguayan. He's only 18 years old. His name's Limos. Um, he is. He has the uh, personality of perfectionist, which is quite hard to come across in, in football managers. He's got great leadership skills, and his physicals are through the roof for his age, along with a, a number of his mentals, including 19 determination. I didn't want to pay his agent any money but this was a rare occasion where this agent and I didn't have a relationship because more often than not agents really dislike me um, so I thought I could get away with pulling that agent fee down but I still couldn't he still pushed and pushed and pushed no matter what I changed on the player because now and again what I'll do is I'll try and if it's for it we'll use just random figures if it was half a million for each of them I would rather see the player get you know I'll try and take a few a couple hundred grand off the agent and give the player an extra 50 grand to try and balance the deal a bit. So the agent, and it's a personal preference because I just don't like them, gets a little less money. And I did all I could with Lemos, and still, you know, I got shafted. Does anyone do the uh, Mourinho tactic and, and buy off, you know, find one agent that, that does you good deals and then just buy a shed load of players? Like the Lukaku, Pogba, Ibra, Mkhitaryan, all that jazz. See, I bet I bet you that would actually sort of work in this game, but I never sort of look at different agents and like say, well, I've brought two players off here, I'm going to carry on uh, looking at him. But I bet you that would, in some degree, work. It's worked as well where you make almost uh, friends with other managers, like speaking highly of them in press conferences and stuff. You can t- see I've had better deals and got players on loan easier by doing that as well. It must work because the reverse is definitely a thing. Yeah. You know, the reverse is definitely a thing. I find the loans, Dave, uh, especially in the lower leagues, I'm very complimentary on all the other managers, especially higher up. You know, apparently I love Vengo, I love Klopp, just because there's just more of a chance that they'll they'll send a player down to your end. Yeah, that that's same in real life. You very rarely see lower league managers sort of almost slag off any any manager that seems to be higher than them in the football pyramid, just probably because on the off chance they're always going to try and get a player on loan from them. Right, before we run into legal issues... <laughs> <laughs> about either mentioning managers who may or may not be friendly with one another, um, we'll move on. But I think that was a, a rather a rather tangent-filled but juicy little chat. So uh, thank you for that very much, gentlemen. Uh, but, of course, there may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do have... Curtis Quiz! <laughs> Uh, thank you to Dupe for once again stepping in on last week's quiz. Another sterling effort. Hashtag give that man a jingle. Um, <laughs> he was offered one. <laughs> Maybe Curtis, Curtis quiz sponsored by Dupe or something. I don't know. Something like that. Um, speaking of sponsors, this week's theme revolves around shirt sponsors. I like this. I now, like yes. this a lot. I've tried to keep it to teams that we've all managed on FM for you know relevance purposes, um, or just some of the more sort of iconic ones throughout the years. Um, but obviously, 
As always, usual rules apply. First to shouting gets the opportunity to answer the question. One point for a correct answer. Uh, if you get the answer incorrect, you're eliminated for the remainder of that question and subject to that minus one Viking Dan rule. Uh, as always, we will start with question number one. I'm worried. Which then electrical giant sponsored Man United? Dad, the, uh, Dave. That was Dave. Dad. <laughs> Sharp. <laughs> he said dad. He said dad. I did. But he did shout in. Shouted dad, then teach, I, shouted teach, and then Dave shouted Dave. So surely yeah. that goes to teach. I did say di- No, he dad. shouted in Dave. He shouted I'm dad. I'm just going to shout random names yeah. as well. Michael. I think. I think. <laughs> Dave, Dave, were you actually just shouting dad at teach? Is that what <laughs> no, no, I did. Ju- I did shout. Is dad, dad this one's just got a bit overexcited there. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. Uh, in my Nottingham Forest save that you all that you all watch, I'm sure uh, on Twitch, I recently updated nerd. the sponsor nerd University of Nottingham is correct. Well, well that done. pays attention. There you go. Number three, Japanese gaming giants Nintendo paired up with which Italian nerd. team in the nine nerd Fiorentina. I don't know why I said nine there. That's weird. Uh, Question number four. Spurs have been managed by Dupe and Nerd in recent versions of the game. But can you tell me which insurance group have been plastered on the front of their shirt since 2014? I can see it. I can see it. Three three letters. I'm going to have to press you, gents. Nothing. I Nothing. can't remember what which what order they're in, so I'm not going to bottle it. Teach. No, I don't want the minus. He didn't, but I've got he didn't it in say my head. He didn't say it, so I'm not yeah. going to give him the minus one. But uh, it, the answer is A I A. Glad I didn't guess. I'm glad I didn't guess. I went. Yeah. Uh, Who were Spurs anyway? <laughs> <laughs> one of their like three sponsors that they've got across their sort of triumvirate of kits. Yeah, I mean, they only change the shirt, you know, all five of them every year. (laughs) Question number five. In 2006, UNICEF became the first sponsor, Teach. Barcelona. Is correct. Of which Spanish giant had previously never advertised on their shirts. It's correct. Ronaldinho was there at that time. Uh, Yeah, he would have been, yeah. yeah. Question number six. Which Senegalese striker originally refused to play for Newcastle when they released their kit at the start of the 2013-2014 season. Teach. Teach. Bah. Minus one. No. Nerd, I think. Cissé. Papis Cissé is correct. Close, Matthew, close. That was very (laughs) close. That was very close. Question number seven. Which beer was a long-term shirt sponsor of Liverpool? Teach. Carlsberg. He's back in the room. I was trying to jump in. Say Newcastle. I thought you were going to go for Blackburn. And, I was <laughs> and then you you just let that let extra you, word slip. You see, Love I that. was going to go for it. I was going to try and draw Nerd in with a McEwen's Lager and Blackburn's yeah. question. But so they were also a sponsor of Rangers as well. See, yeah. that's yeah, exactly. Where I, I that's was where I was going to try and trip see, you up. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, <laughs> you don't forget, 90s football is my bag. Yeah. Question number eight. From 1999 to 2002, Arsenal had Dreamcast on their home kits. 
Although during that time they had a different name on Teach. their away kits. Teach. Sega. Sega is correct. Mm. Uh, I was also going to give you a clue there and just say SI are their bitches. But. <laughs> um, question number nine. Which well-known tyre company were on the front of Wolves shirts from 1990 Dave. to 2002? Dave. Good year. Good year is correct. <laughs> Question number 10. Now, this is this could be very important here. Question... Oh, no. Well, yeah, it could be. Question number 10. England have never had a shirt sponsor. But in 2013, Nike took over kit-making duty from which nerd. company? Nope. That was nerd. Umbro. Is correct. Yeah. Right. In fourth position... With zero points is Mr. Dupe. So, well, well done. Don't clap it. All right. uh, <laughs> joint second with two points uh, is Teach and Mr. Dave as a party. Good effort, lads. I had a minus in there as well. I'm pretty happy. You did. Uh, and out in front, four points, securing that all important final question. Uh, is Mr. Nerd. Congratulations. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love the fact that Wolves were sponsored by Goodyear, yet still yet to have a good year. Um, <laughs> well, I was... My clue for that one, if Dave if Dave obviously didn't know that one, my clue was their current season could be described as one of these. Oh. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, Kurt anyway. Excellent, as per usual. Back on your perch. Thank Are you, you enjoying it? I do. I love. I love my perch. I'm coming Excellent. back for that seat, mate. It smells lovely. <laughs> I think we've got a little bit of a, a pod rivalry starting off. Just the, just the embers. But... He's winning because he gets a jingle. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> right. Whilst we're congratulating people, um, I wanted to take this time to congratulate a uh, guest of the pod, Mr. Viking Dan, on his uh, Twitch partnership that was announced last weekend. So I think a round of applause for a lot of hard work. Well earned. Well done, Mr. Dan. Congratulations, sir. So we've got a bit of time uh, for some questions, ladies and gentlemen. And they've, they've, you've, you've written in, in your droves this week. Uh, that's not a lie. You actually have. So thank you very much. Uh, so we've got time for a couple. And I think this week we're going to go for... Uh, I don't know, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a different one. Uh, how do you deal with a hard Brexit? And this is from Sammy Duda, FM, and he's looking for some tips on how we can manage a Brexit. Uh, Mr. Dupe, do you want to start us off? So I've got a really, really tough Brexit in my fire screen, and my way to get kind of get over it is really simple. Just get fired and move abroad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> it's awful. It's absolutely, seriously awful. Um, it The game's hard enough as it is, and then they add this pile of, white dog crap in it it's, it's difficult yeah one way ticket buenos Aires. yeah uh, i might be coming over to this year <laughs> um i ain't coming back i ain't coming back but no it's it's something that i've i've actually over the course of the last couple of games i've not i've not suffered hard brexit i've been quite lucky and judging by how many people are suffering this year i think for fm19 i i may also be you know probably in another country in south america Maybe. We'll see. Definitely not back in England. Not dealing with that shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If they haven't, like, my hard Brexit, if they haven't had, like, ten appearances for their national team, you're not getting a permit. 
And this is why I asked last week when we were talking about the scouting, if there's any way that we could kind of determine how likely they are to get a work permit. Because it's dreadful. It's genuinely making me make an all eleven English. I'm basically nerd last season at Tottenham. You, you could do that before a Brexit and then it not actually happen. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, no. That's no, amazing. that's not cool at all. Yeah. Homegrown well, that's kind of what I'm That's Brexit. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm sort of gearing up to. I've, I've, I'm trying to sign as many English players as possible before I get the Brexit news because I think, obviously, the hard Brexit dial has been turned up on this version of the game, you know, compared to last year. So I'm, I'm fully geared up for a hard Brexit. While we're here, Kurt, have you got any... Uh... Inside knowledge on the old uh, Brexit. <laughs> Get your kids out, lad. Brexit enthusiast. <laughs> well, uh, Nigel Farage today said that um, he'd be up for a second referendum, so that's I interesting. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Brexit news is over. Well done. Thank you. And <laughs> okay. FM Brexit's maybe a thing of the past. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Myth in not, FM 19. Don't forget to follow at Curti FM everywhere for your latest Brexit news. Um, so. <laughs> Thank you for those answers, gentlemen. Uh, last one before we move on. Uh, most difficult save that you've persevered with? I think this is a very interesting question. This comes from Dasby, also known as FM Totality on Twitter. Mr. Mister Tobes, we'll go with you first. It sort of touches on something from, from last week for me. Um, don't do a save you don't want to do. Period. Don't end up in a save that you're persevering with because the minute you're not enjoying it, well, why are you playing it? I know some people like to do these challenges and whatnot. If you like to do a challenge, do one that you like. Then you won't have to persevere with anything. I don't know why anybody has a save that they're so not into that they feel they have to push it through, you know, through that 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 procedure of getting it to be enjoyable. Never understood it. It, it falls in line with a conversation a couple of weeks ago about Twitter polls and all that sort of stuff. Get yourself into a save that you want to do. Do some research. Read a book about the club where you think they're going. Find out some history about the league or history about the club or something and just enjoy the game. Don't go and be someone you don't want to be. I don't want to manage in bloody Kathmandu, so I'm not going to go manage in Kathmandu. I'm not going to persevere with some bullshit save for the sake of a challenge. You know, that is honestly my, the best advice I can give to anyone. Do a save that you actually want to play. I know sh- uh, saves change as you go into it. And I, I seen the other day um, <clears throat> when I was in stream, someone got really pissed off. And <laughs> to be honest, I felt sorry for the lad. It led Ajax to three titles. I can't remember who it is, so forgive you if you're listening. Uh, forgive me if you're this. listening. But it, it took Arsenal to uh, three league titles as well as a, a domestic cup. And I think he'd done okay in Europe. Um, was five points top of the league. Board had a takeover and he got sacked. And he said to me, he says, I'm just going to go start a new game. And I'm like, whoa, don't go and start a new one. You've got a manager there with history. Go and find a club. Go and get involved in something. You know. But I just had to throw that in there because uh, I felt sorry for the poor little bastard. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Can I, Could you yeah. imagine, though? I mean, that is, that, you're having it all tore down. You're having just, the rug just... under, your foot, under your feet, you know. You're leading the march, you're doing great things, he's got his club set up the way he wants to get it, and then some tycoon comes and takes over and hoofs you out on the pavement. I mean, you would be livid, and for me, what I, the point I was trying to instill in him is take that by the balls and go and get another club, and, and in six years from now, face Ajax in a, in a Champions League final, 
make and the show them what for. Absolutely, I'd love that. I mean, I'd for love the, the listeners at home, teach. Can you just say "poor little bastard" in your very dulcet Northern tones again, please? Poor it might go in bastard. my personal. Thank you. They might go in my personal bank for later. But, um, uh, Mister Duke, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm going to head back to the original question, and I've, I'd like to uh, to speak behalf on behalf of one of the members of the podcast, if that's okay, and and and, and Dave. Um, this is a, a kind of a little intervention uh, about struggling saves. The fact you've done Wolves six times in the last two years and it's not gone anywhere, buddy. I think it's time to hang up that boots, mate. Well, we, we're Premier League now, son. We're, we, we're going places I told now. you, no good year season yet, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Now, we, you've asked your questions. Uh, we're, we've got one of our own. Mr. Duke put out a poll this week. Um, asking your opinions on whether you go the subkeeper or not, uh, and the results are, are quite interesting. It's very close, but subkeep no subkeeper won with fifty three percent of that vote. Now I'm I'm completely against that unless you're non league because you only get the five subs in yeah. non league. Every other time, it's the first first slot is you know that's guaranteed. Sir, as long as I've got a goalkeeper who's fit, they go in there regardless. Teach. I've run with no subkeeper for at least the last two versions of the game and it's bitten me once. Um, I will continue to run without a sub-goalkeeper because if in those, I don't know, 750 games that I've played, um, I've only had to deal with you know putting a very, very poor DeRosa striker in there. And uh, and yes, we lost. You know, we lost three points. Um I think of all those times in those games where I've had access to another player. Utility players, are, are, I find personally, less and less on this game nowadays. That player who can do left-back, right-back, centre-back, DM, central midfield. Um, so I make, even though I've got a sub-bench of seven, I would much rather have a outfield player available because, and I know I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to kick myself in the arse for this because I can in before I get loads of injuries to keepers over the next couple of weeks. But... <laughs> I have I've had that much success having played without that subkeeper that when it does go wrong, it's 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 been so like hundreds of games apart that it's really really not an issue. Yeah, I mean, law of averages suggest no subkeeper, but I am one that always goes subkeeper, and the the solely the reason why um, the last sort of three. I mean, I can't remember the last time it happened before now. But uh, I was doing my older shot save on FM17, and it was a live commentary game, and I didn't pick a subkeeper. I remember talking about it in the video beforehand, about how I'd been burnt before. Didn't pick a subkeeper, nevertheless, and literally within five minutes, my keeper got injured, and I had to replace him with some scrub that normally plays right midfield, and we ended up losing about 7-2. So ever since then, I've I've just always said that don't mess around with it anymore. Always have a subkeeper. Problem is when you've got such poor backup goalkeepers, and uh, I mean, especially like Tite with no uh, utility players, you've you've literally got. And I've only got five subs. You've only got a limited amount that you can pick from. You need to have as much as you can. And like you said, you've only been you've only been burnt once. I've only ever been burnt once in this save. Um, and we actually went on and got a draw. So you know, I'm quite happy. Doji. Is actually quite a good goalkeeper, it turns out. Um, but yeah, always no subkeeper for me. But I've been burnt once, and that was the only time I didn't pick a subkeeper. Well, <laughs> you're the fool then. 
I can see why you do it at non-league level, as you say, with the five subs. Um, I think, uh, to be fair, I always pick a sub-keeper. I've just always done it. But I did, I did ha have an issue with a, a keeper getting coming off injured this year uh, for the Wolves season. Uh, but then I, I look back to Neil Warnock when uh, Phil Jagielka went in goal and they came from behind to beat Millwall. So uh, it's doable. <laughs> I feel like that might be a Curtis quiz uh, oh, sort of uh, theme. Uh, substitute goalkeepers who weren't really goalkeepers. There you go. The cogs are turning. The cogs are turning. <laughs> I, I, I saw it next week, Kurt. Don't panic. You see, I tend to have a, a, you know sort of two or three formations. And if I'm going out with formation A because you're basing yourself on what... Uh, data analysis, what your scout has said, how team, how your team that you're playing against is going to line up. The amount of times I've set up in a way where I'm going with my scout and you get to game day, like literally the very next screen that you click and they've, they've lined up differently. So I always have a alternate formation on my bench. And what I mean by that is I might be starting narrow with a, with a uh, sort of, with my three Segundo Volante, uh, sorry, three DMs, or I might be playing a, a narrow diamond um, but I'll always have my wide players on the bench so that I can switch things up. And the same in the you know reverse from that. If I've gone wide, I'll have my narrower players sat ready and waiting so that I can make changes. And to do that at times, because I still need the players who can back up the current formation, that's why I'm using those spaces. So yeah, it almost sounds very blasé that I am going without a sub-goalkeeper, but there is method behind the madness. And with how shockingly shit scouts are in Argentina um, I I basically roll the dice every time we walk out the tunnel <laughs> I mean my anecdote for this is very similar to Kurt Dogs to be honest uh, where I've I've not gone with it I've gone with the substitute goalkeeper in fact um, re when really I needed two so my, my normal keeper's been injured within the first 15 minutes his replacement gets sent off just after half time um, obviously you're not going to have two on the bench so the one time I, where you know I have got him there and needed to use him I've used him and he's been sent off we've then subsequently got absolutely trounced because I've had no one else there so th th that's so I suppose I've been burnt twice there not only is my first team goalkeeper now injured I've now got my substitute goalkeeper sent off and I've now got no goalkeepers to use at all so maybe maybe the 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 uh, the moral of that story is we shouldn't go with the goalkeeper because if they do get sent off, then you are double fucked. If they get injured anyway. That's that's very unlucky though, isn't it? it? I mean, well, that's, that's the thing. I was like, oh, you just kill me now, please. Just kill me now. But, anyway. yeah, but then you can you complain to Miles about that and he goes, well, you remember Reading versus Chelsea 10 years ago uh, when two goalkeepers <laughs> came off? <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Very true. Right, thank you very much, uh, folks at home for your questions they are gratefully appreciated we do have some in the vault but if you do want to ask us a question you don't have to wait for us to ask you if we want some questions please just tweet at five star pod on twitter or indeed join the restream fm discord the link of which will be in the description of this very podcast right gentlemen just before we go I'd like some plugs, please. Not the variety that you step on in the middle of the night when you need to go for a wee. Uh, I want to know uh, where people can find you. So, uh, Mr. Dave has a party. Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, Dave has a party FM on Twitter and Twitch, and Dave has a party on YouTube. Marveloso, Dupo. Where can people find me? Indeed. At your local kebab shop. 
Hashtag fuck the vegans. Right, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, www.twitch.tv forward slash Fatman Dupe and uh, on Twitter it's Dupe FM. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Kurt Dog. Kurt FM on everything. Everything. I mean, you're and getting real ghetto right yeah. now. I'm, I'm concerned. Are you having a midlife crisis? Having a stroke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I mean, I, I could take that one of two ways. I'll I'll just avoid both. Uh, Did you hear about that that Geordie woman who had a stroke and then started talking in a Jamaican accent? Yeah, yes, I've that. heard that before. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, ah, absolutely she, brilliant. She do it on purpose or did Jamaica? Oh, oh dear, right. Wow. Anyway, this gets better and better. I mean, my jokes are pretty poor, and that was just. <laughs> I'm a father now. I'm allowed to have bad jokes. Anyway, That's teach. Beyond. Where can we find you? <laughs> yeah, teach. Where can we find you? Save us, please. I can't save you. I mean, we've gone from plugs to strokes. I don't know where we're at. Um, you'll find me at Teach FM on YouTube, Teach underscore underscore FM on Twitter, and Teach underscore Live on Twitch. Uh, I get a feeling it's going to be a lot of beeps on this week's podcast uh, for oh, anything I, that I've played a part in. I mean, fuck I, the beeps. I don't apologise. Fuck the beeps. I don't apologise. Put some Love more the Northern. in. Fuck's sake. Put some more Explicit. in. No, no beeps. I'm just the the um, explicit content ta- tag will be fine. I'm what sure. Do you, I, I what do you have to beep? Nothing. Uh, don't know. I'm not saying anything because no. then you'll say it, and don't then I will involved. have to beep things. I know your game, dupe. I know your game. I just game. thought we could make it as a anyway, card. anyway, beep. anyway. Uh, you can find me at crude nerd on Twitter and on YouTube, and at one crude nerd on Twitch. But hopefully, not for very much longer. Right. That is the end of the podcast, ladies, but mostly gentlemen, I'm sure. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to join the WeStream FM Discord server. And with all the links for us, they will be in the description of this podcast, like I said about five minutes ago. If you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a five-star review on iTunes because, of course, we are five-star potential and it really does help us out. If you're a SoundCloudite, then please drop us a follow. If you do, then you'll be notified of when we next upload a pod, which quite frankly, is Monday mornings, ready for your commute. Uh, This has been Five Star Potential, a WeStream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Catch you later. Ta-ta, folks.